Hello, everybody, and welcome to Afterbite, your favorite Vampire Diaries fan cast. That's only 10 years too late. Or maybe we're 10 years right on time. Maybe we're just right here when you need us. Kind of like Batman, but we're gay and we talk about the Vampire Diaries. <laughs> Do you think Batman would have liked the Vampire Diaries when it was like on TV? Pro- I think that was like Bruce Wayne's like... So I actually am taking a class about superheroes. Okay, you're an expert in the matter. Continue. Yeah, and we just finished our our lecture about Batman. And oh shit, this is very topical. I didn't even know this. Yeah, so um, do I think Batman would like the Vampire Diaries? It depends on what era of Batman you're talking about. If you're talking okay. about the more like modern, like, oh, we're going to make sure that Batman isn't gay and less campy, then yeah, he would love the Vampire Diaries. But Wait, if- no, we're talking... Okay, so we're talking, I'm just going to put this in relation to movies. We're talking like Christian Bale Batman would love the Vampire Diaries? Because that does not seem like a very hetero male, very strong thing to do. That's true. I mean, I think more like in tone style, they kind of match, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. So you could probably put... uh, Like, if if you're talking about tone, then Christian Bale's Batman is like similar trying to be angsty tone of the vampire Mm -hmm. diaries. Mm -hmm. But if you're like talking about what Christian Bale's vampire would watch, he would not be watching the vampire diaries. That would be more like Tim Burton's vampire yeah. I mean, Tim Burton's Batman he would be watching the vampire diaries mm-hmm. so if <laughs> so what we're saying is you could probably photoshop or edit in uh Christian Bale's Batman into any episode of TVD just like in the background mm-hmm. and I guarantee you the lighting would match yeah exactly exactly, exactly. you wouldn't need to do anything exactly <laughs> that's what that's what I'm saying <laughs> Welcome to Afterbite. We <laughs> promise we're a podcast about the Vampire Diaries and not Batman. And uh, this week, we are talking about the first two episodes of season one of the Vampire Diaries. We're talking about the pilot, and we are talking about the Night of the Comet. And uh, before we kind of like get started talking about our expectations for this show, I kind of just wanted to put like a general disclaimer out there. So the Vampire Diaries as a show changed like the CW as a network, right? It gave it this massive like 18 to 25 demographic of women and it like kind of saved the CW uh, as a network into making it this like genre powerhouse that it is today. And as many problems as we have with the CW, right? They're one of the few networks on TV that like let genre shows be genre shows. So it like let the Vampire Diaries be a vampire show. It changed a lot of things. It's very culturally significant. Is it always good? No. And I'm going to call it trash sometimes because there are some lines and some bits and some storylines that really don't work, but it's still culturally significant and you can still have your superiority if you like love the show, you know? I just kind of wanted to put that out at the top of the show here that like, I get that it's culturally significant, and I get that it had a shit ton of episodes, but sometimes it's garbage trash. It's trash garbage. And also, I'd like to point out that just because a show might be trash does not mean that it's not fun to watch. That is also true. I love trash garbage. Garbage is my favorite. Mm -hmm. I could live in garbage. Mm -hmm. I mean, I practically do. I live in Kansas. It's the same thing. (laughs) 
So, like, just because I call a show bad doesn't mean I ain't gonna sit here with popcorn and watch it with glee. Um, but also just because it has this, net, this like, legacy. Haha, get it? That's the, that's the spinoff of the spinoff show. <laughs> Legacies. Uh, just because it has that legacy doesn't mean that we can't call it out for the times in which it's bad. And that's important for, like, any show, you know? That is true. I do that for a lot of shows. Criticism is important. It's how the show gets better. And criticism is like a form of appreciation when we're talking about it, right? When you like a thing enough to think deeper about it, you really, like, you have an appreciation for that thing. Mm -hmm. Also, sometimes this show's bad. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> so I guess I'll just start with, like, some general stuff. Jordan, before you watched the pilot of this show, which is the first time you have watched this pilot mm -hmm. in full watched it like full attention what did you expect going into the pilot of the vampire diaries knowing what you know that like this show spans eight seasons and spawned off two other shows right it's a massive cultural hit what did you expect going into the pilot um the only expectation i really had was this is just gonna be a whole bunch of teenagers because i feel like my entire knowledge of the vampire diaries is based off of just like things that i've heard about it or like mm -hmm. um clips i've seen of it tiktoks i've watched of it <laughs> uh -huh. yeah and it's usually just like a whole bunch of like brooding like music playing in the background while mm -hmm. someone speaks about how much they love another person and how much it hurts them to love them you know so, uh -huh. yeah, so yeah, my yeah. entire expectation was this is just going to be a whole bunch of like teen eggs bubbling up every single episode and it'll be a little bit, it'll probably be very trashy, which I'm okay with. Okay. And <laughs> I love that. We love a good, we love some good trash here. So jumping, I guess, into the pilot. Oh, wait, should we explain right. that Brian won't be here in this episode? Oh yeah. Brian's not here because he's off in disney world somewhere disneyland disney world he's off uh you know doing whatever brian does he'll only be here like a few times uh most of the episodes are gonna be me and jordan mm -hmm. just holding down the fort here and watching tvd mm -hmm. and boy howdy was this week kind of a trip huh? <laughs> yeah it, it was something so i guess we'll start with the netflix description of the pilot of The Vampire Diaries. Uh, this, uh, the description is, Reeling from the death of her parents, 17-year-old Elena becomes interested in a handsome new student named Stefan, who is hiding a dark secret. Which I love that that sets up so perfectly before we even watch the episode or learn anything. It sets up two things. Elena's really depressed... <laughs> And uh, also, she's very interested in Stefan, who is very broody. <laughs> I, fe I feel like, so, when I first put this on, my, my one of my roommates asked, is, are we watching Twilight? <laughs> and I feel like, <laughs> I feel like yeah. this is, like, one of the main reasons why he asked that, because, like, it's just like, oh, there's this teenage girl we're focusing in on who's, like, super broody. And she's, like falling for this person we know is a vampire yeah and i think 
the Vampire Diaries, I think uh, TVD does it pretty well um, in kind of the reveal that Stefan's a vampire. And like, I mean, on some level, right, you're like, okay, yeah, new guy, vampire. Yes, obviously. It's called the Vampire Diaries, you know. But before we even get there, I want to talk about the first five minutes of this show in which Damon... Uh, <laughs> Damon gets hit by a car and does like four flips in the air <laughs> and he should have been in the fucking Olympics. <laughs> Hi, welcome to my welcome to my gymnastics podcast. We're talking about the way that Damon's body did four flips when he hit on that car <laughs> and you know he put some flair into there in like the vampire way, right? You know he yeah. made himself do an extra rotation because he thought it'd be cool. You know. <laughs> you just I feel know. like I feel like that's just such a vampire thing to do. Uh-huh. Like how can I make this death, quote unquote death, seem as dramatic as fucking possible and you say how can i make this seem as dramatic as possible and that is i think one of the cornerstones of damon's character is when he wants to be boy's a fucking drama queen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he cannot help himself he just goes for it and i'm like hey bud calm the fuck down just like (laughs) chill (laughs) the other thing that i really do love and this is the thing that I just kind of love the juxtaposition of is the gore from Damon absolutely fucking murdering two people who are complaining about some white guitar artist, which seems like it could happen in 2019, 2009. <laughs> it could be anything. <laughs> and the gore that you see there, right, with the uh, like the blood and everything. And then it just yeah. cuts to... This wimpy ass piano theme and the <laughs> vampire diaries. Like, come on. <laughs> that also sets the tone for the show so well, though, because this show will like gore you out, right? There'll be blood, there'll be death, there'll be drama. And you're like, gross, ew. And then there's just like a wimpy piano theme somewhere in the background. Like there'll be yeah. there'll be gore and drama, and then they'll play some some band that sounds exactly like the fray under it. And that's it. That's the, that's all of TVD. Podcast that over. Really is. We did it. We broke it down to its I, bare essentials. I mean, I did say that was the main amount of content I was getting on TikTok about the Vampire Diaries. It was just people <laughs> like either fighting or yeah. uh, something of another and just some like music, some angsty, broody, piano playing, guitar mm-hmm. playing band mm-hmm. in the background. That is literally all it is. And it's so great. It's so great in that it's so bad sometimes that especially in the first, and granted, right, this is just the first episode. It's hard to find the tone of a show before in your first episode. It's so hard. Pilot episodes are so, so hard to get right. And I Yeah, think, a lot of them are bad. <laughs> I think this is actually a fairly good pilot for the Vampire Diaries. I agree. I agree. I 100% agree. Like, like Especially because I feel like it does set up the tone very well mm-hmm. of what the show is going to mm-hmm. be like, through, like throughout the rest of the season. Um, and it like, I don't know, it sets up like certain, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It like sets up certain like 
don't know. I guess like motifs or something like that. Oh yeah, okay. Like, it sets up a lot of. It's a very thematic. Yeah. With that, the like rest of that, the just show. go throughout the rest of the show. Yeah. So I think it does that all that very well. Yeah, and I think it's super. I mean, also to get 181 episodes, you probably had a good pilot. But like mm-hmm. watching it again, knowing how everything kind of ends up, you're like, oh damn, that's a really good pilot. And I think Mm -hmm. more than a lot of shows, TVD does first episodes of their seasons really well. Yeah. I think that's something that, I mean, and all of the shows really do. I think Julie Plek is actually just really good at writing a hook to get you back into this world after you've Mm -hmm. either never journeyed into it before or after you've been, you know, a hiatus has happened. I think that's one of the things that I think Julie does really well is make sure Mm -hmm. that she has really good first episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm just looking at um, our notes here for what happens in the episode. Basically, to give you a uh, summary of uh, TVD, let's see here. The first episode, um, I'll read like a longer summary here, and you can kind of just stop me whenever you have something uh, that you want to talk about here. Mm -hmm. In the small Virginia town of Mystic Falls, 17-year-old Elena Gilbert and Jeremy Gilbert, which I guess they're, like, the same age, even though Jeremy's supposed to be, like, 16 or 15? I don't know. No, when they said he was... In the, in the next episode, when when um the aunt says that he's 15, the entire my entire room of people who are watching were like, what? He's 15? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, is that a child? I don't think so. Child. Also, Jeremy's hair is so bad in this pilot episode. It's so bad. Yeah, everyone's hair is so bad, though. Jeremy's Let's be honest. It's 2009. That's true. It is 2009. Jeremy's hair looks like it was styled and both... It, it looks like it was both styled by and is a hedgehog. <laughs> so, there's just that. There's a whole bunch of problems with Jeremy's being 15, so we're just gonna kind of like skip him over popping that. drugs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being a drug dealer at 15 years old is like, here's some oxy, real yeah, quick. He's Here like, you go. Hey, what's up? You don't even need to pay me for this, girl. We bang, I guess, even though she's older than <laughs> Elena and Matt. Mm. <sighs> okay, Vicky. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> this show is so messy. <laughs> oh god. Um. Uh, anyway, seventeen-year-old uh, Elena Gilbert and her brother Jeremy are both in denial of their parents' deaths. Elena convincing herself that she's over it, despite her self-imposed social isolation. Elena becomes emotionally with. Elena becomes emotionally withdrawn over hiding her grief, while Jeremy turns to drugs to avoid dealing with her own feeling. With his own feelings. I can't read today. Nothing goes <laughs> as planned for both of them during their first day back at school when a mysterious new student, Stefan Salvatore, attracts Elena's attention, leaving her ex-boyfriend Matt jealous as well as her friend Caroline, who also Okay, I, I actually would love to talk about okay. this, these relationships, okay? Okay. Because we all know, or if you've heard of the Vampire Diaries before, there's like this huge epic love triangle between like Damon, Elena, and and Stefan, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. The but the way that there's already a setup of like a little mini love triangle between Elena, Matt, and Stefan, 
Mm-hmm. And then also another love triangle between Jeremy, Vicky, and I don't know what the name of the other guy Tyler. that Vic- Tyler, right? There's mm-hmm. like I feel like Julie Pleck just like loves love triangles. It's like her favorite thing to write because like she loves geometry so much. Yeah, <laughs> like, just so much. Like just in legacies alone, the amount of like potential relationships that are there, and I feel overwhelmed. <laughs> And then, <laughs> you are in for a journey over the course of the Vampire Diaries. You are in for a journey. If you think our messy queer teens are bad, you cannot. Oh, girl. Mm, no, girl. and like, and like, here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I like get it. It's high school. Even though I didn't go through this, I know a lot of people went, a lot of friend groups went through where people were just dating each other, then Mm -hmm. breaking up and dating their exes. So, you know, I get it. It happened in high school. You know? Like, I Mm -hmm. understand. That's what you're trying to represent. But also, it's the messiest shit in the world. Okay? It's so messy. And yet, every time, I'm like, oh shit, I gotta know more. I gotta keep watching. (laughs) I gotta know this. Yeah. So like I just I just loved like the the little mini triangle she's already setting up. Mm-hmm. Like there's like and even like in the first episode I feel like I mean not in the first episode but more like the second episode there's like a setup of a relationship between Stefan Stefan and Elena and Matt and then there's also this whole thing with Damon like hanging around here in like the he's corner. Just chilling. Yeah, yeah he's so just like being weird. Yeah, it's just it's just very interesting. Yeah, and you're so right, too, is that a lot of the relationships in TVD tend to come in threes. So, like, of course, there's, like, love triangles. But then as far as, like, Elena's friends go, right, it's Elena, Caroline, and Bonnie who are supposedly friends, but their friendship never feels real, especially yeah, in these first it, few episodes. It, it it's does not feel real. It's always two of them talking shit about the other one. Yeah, it, wait, <laughs> there's these TikToks. Oh God! You and your fucking TikTok. I'm sorry, but when I relate, I, if I find something that relates to TikTok, I'm related. There's this TikTok of this, of this series that these two girls do, where they sit in a car and they like it's like a POV TikTok where it's just like POV, you're at lunch and we're bad mouthing you in in our car, or we have like a really toxic friendship and we're just talking to one another and it's the two girls talking like so badly about one another but like in a passive aggressive way that's it, the entirety of caroline elena and bonnie's yeah if, if that's not what that is i don't know what what else to, how else to describe it and like i get it because like you know i have those friends where i'm like oh yeah we're all friends yeah quotes, but i would also willingly throw you both under a bus if i had <laughs> to but at the same time if Elena doesn't have, like, I feel like she's friends with Bonnie, and then I feel like Caroline is friends with both of them, but neither of them like Caroline, especially in the beginning. Yeah, I also don't like Caroline in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's wild for me to say that Caroline turns out to be one of my favorite characters in The Vampire Diaries. Like, the whole universe, right? Yeah. In TVDTO and Legacies, right? All of there. She's one of my favorite characters. But God, does she start as the most rough. annoying person? Like, like just even like the conversations they have, mm-hmm. it's like it's all centered around her. 
and mm-hmm. like like I I'm sorry but I hate those type of people when like whenever we're having a conversation it must be about me and the struggles that I'm going through and how like yeah sure like everything's going well for you like sure but like I need to talk about me and why like, mm-hmm. like how I'm envious that things are going well for you and not going well for me like that's like the those are like the worst types of relationships like you can't talk to that person and the good thing about it is that um, eventually you realize that she's pretty self-aware about all of this, mm-hmm. right? Like she knows uh, that she's an obnoxious control freak and hates it. But until you reach the point where the show kind of goes, oh, by the way, she's she knows. She knows this. It just feels a little bit insufferable. Yeah. Uh, her character growth is absolutely phenomenal. And I just, God, I love Caroline Forbes so much. (laughs) But God, is she insufferable. (laughs) I also just have a note here. Uh, I just have a note that just says, Yikes, lads, in all caps. (laughs) And I don't know what that means, so to speak. I can't remember. But, yikes. There's some pretty, oh, wait, I do remember what that is. There's a lot of language in this show that is very 2009 Mm -hmm. before we learned to be nice to other people. (laughs) There's a lot of language in here. And uh, you all know the line from Bonnie that I'm talking about. Yikes, lads. (laughs) It's bad. Yep. That's that's a good description of the Vampire Diaries as well. <laughs> Just yikes. Yeah, yikes. It's a product of its time, yeah. that's for sure. Which is both a very nice and very mean way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another thing I wanted to talk about was mm-hmm. the Dear Diary stuff. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I get it's called the Vampire Diaries, but also I hate uh-huh. that. I hate, I hate it. <laughs> so much like dear diary today was like like i i hate it as a as a like a tool to like get across like characters emotions like it's like not good it's like it's very like uninteresting and boring especially when they have stefan reading his diary Mm -hmm. and then elena reading Mm -hmm. her diary and then they have one line that they speak together i don't like it I <laughs> I hope you're ready to suffer through this for at least another few seasons. Yeah, great. I, I guess I will because it's just I, I don't like it as a technique to get characters' emotions across. I'd rather you like show me that than you just like straight up tell me what's going on in their heads. Like, especially because I, mean, I also don't think it like leaves any room for like the imagination where it's like, oh, you're just yeah. gonna tell me what's going on. All right, I guess that's what we're doing right now mm-hmm. for like this entire mm-hmm. scene where people are just writing down in their diaries and just speaking about their feelings i guess we could have spent that time doing something else but no this is fine too. yeah it's a very it's a very obvious kind of like expository tool right where they're like elena's depressed here's how we're gonna show it she's gonna write in her diary <laughs> in a graveyard yeah also, who goes to the graveyard to write in their diary? Extremely depressed teens like Elena Gilbert. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Is, I, I get it, too. I hate it. They use it pretty heavy-handed in the first season. They're kind of a little bit better about it going on. And then they, at some point, 
I think they just like stopped using the diaries uh-huh. too, which is so here's the thing. There's a light on the horizon. It might be in like a year when we reach season four <laughs> or five or whatever, but the light's there. Okay. Uh, like I, it is though a very heavy-handed tool. Like I don't hate it, you know. Like like with the great passion, I just wish they wouldn't do it. It's just it's uh-huh. just it's just yeah. lazy writing, in my opinion. It really is. It's a really like expository tool crutch for this. But I also get that they like needed to do it at least a little yeah. bit because you know the vampire. Yeah, diaries, I get it. Right? I just like, wish Stefan's a vampire. He keeps a journal. Yeah, like, he doesn't I, call it a diary I, because he's very manly. I, I, but, you I know. honestly think the like whole st- the step. I keep saying his name wrong. It's Stefan, right? It's Stefan. It's just spelled in a shitty white person <laughs> way, but not like the usual white person <laughs> way. This is spelled like an advanced white person way. Where it like comes all the way back around until you can't remember how to pronounce it until you hear somebody else pronounce yeah. it. Fucking Stefan. <laughs> so like I actually like his journals. I think that's like such. I think mm-hmm. that's like a cool element to have to the show because then like it has like all like his yeah. like backstory of like how like he like he's like this vampire who's been living for so long. So like who wouldn't want to keep journals of like all the things you've gone through? You know what I mean? I think that's actually pretty cool. I don't like Elena's diary. And they do use it. But I, I think yeah, that's Elena's cool. Elena's diary suck, but they do use Yeah, they use Stefan's uh, journals, again, because he's mainly and he doesn't use the term yeah. diary. Uh, they use it um, pretty well in later seasons. When Whenever they kind of need like a, hey, remember when this thing happened? They'll always kind of find a way to reference one of his journals or something because it is a good way to like, he's kind of like your in, uh, he's like your in canon plot bible mm-hmm. where you're like all of this shit happens and somebody knows about it and there is a record of it somewhere mm-hmm. it's a really nice crutch that they like wrote themselves mm-hmm. for like ah shit somebody needs to find out about x y or z event let's have him go through his fucking <laughs> let's go um there's also one other thing <laughs> there's a few other things i do want to mention before we move on from the pilot um when they're in history class Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Tanner has a Confederate flag on his desk just like chilling <laughs> like it's not set in 2009, 50 some odd years after the Confederate War in a state which eventually was literally torn apart because of the Confederate like because of all that. No, and not like not, not, not any- just like a thing. Also me, I didn't actually catch that. But also, like, me and my roommates were watching his history class go on. And mm-hmm. we were like, this is not how a normal history class goes. <laughs> you don't just ask randomly how many casualties there were in this battle and expect students to know that. Because that's not relevant. He just, he does a lot of not teaching to these kids. And I think eventually you do realize why people in Mystic Falls are so fucking stupid and they didn't realize they had vampires amongst them for so long because they had this great public school education. Like, come on. Uh. (laughs) It's so bad. Yeah. Yikes. And like, they very clearly set Mr. Tanner up as like, he's your shitty teacher bad guy Uh like you get it yeah you know but also 
damn boy, do you need to give him a Confederate flag? <laughs> just like chilling on his desk as though it's not 2009? Uh, that's like a big yikes. It's a big yikes! <sighs> a lot of things in... <laughs> We said that this is a pretty good pilot for The Vampire Diaries, but a lot of things it does set up are very yikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just, like, very yikes. <laughs> Just this fucking show, man. <laughs> Just talking through it, like, you kind of realize how ridiculous it is. Because we're talking about a show about vampires who keep journals. <laughs> and I think a lot of things in TVD... Uh, we can talk about fall into this where they are plot devices first and genuine character moments or like characters second. Mm-hmm. So like with Vicky, right? You can very clearly tell that she is a plot device first mm-hmm. and a character second. Yep. She is defined by the relationship she has. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't actually know shit about Vicky still. <laughs> There's so much. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack here. I think next, obviously, um, there's a party mm-hmm. and something goes terribly wrong. Yep. It's like a game of Clue. You know, there's a party. Obviously, shit's going to go down because A, we're hearing about it. And B, teens are drinking because that always turns out very well in CW shows. <laughs> so there's a lot to unpack with that whole party scene right yeah the fact that there's so many fucking teenagers in the woods dude (laughs) there's so many what are they doing up in there and also they have electricity they have lights (laughs) there's like a whole like this is somebody's like backyard gazebo in the middle of the woods how much alcohol did there need to be like does like you know small town shit like adults know this happens right yeah. and you know somebody's rich mom buys them a cooler full of beer just like a cooler full of, like shitty beer yeah and she's like you know i'll just leave this out back if it goes missing oh darn but like goddamn, y'all this is irresponsible <laughs> as fuck especially because they're all under the age of 21 they all are like 16 17 <laughs> it's like how believable is this? Like, does this actually happen? In real life? What? Like, shitty, like, back-to-school parties with, like, awful alcohol, like, in some, like, fucking field or forest somewhere? Like, I I would assume that would happen, right? Like, yeah, of course. But, like, to that extent. To that extent, no. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, usually, right, and this is just from my own experience, right? And I did grow up in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> so my back to school uh, bonfire was in the middle of a cornfield that had uh, been, or that was like going to fallow. So, which is a very Iowa thing to say. <laughs> um, fucking ours was always like a bonfire first and like drinking second, right? Where like the main thing was like bonfire and food and then somebody would bring a shitty like 12 pack of beer you know mm-hmm. and i feel like that's more how it goes right because you can talk all you'd like but in small towns it ain't that easy to get alcohol if everybody knows who you are mm-hmm. everybody knows that you're not fucking 21 jeremy you are apparently like 16 <laughs> even though you're very muscly and have hair like a hedgehog 
there is one line that I do want to point out that we both <laughs> independently of each other noted down this one line from Vicky. Because it's so good. It's such a good line. It's such a good line. Do you want to? I don't even know if I could do the same delivery. I don't, I will not. Okay. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be very honest. I'm not going to be doing the same delivery. I'm just going to read it out word for word. But if you Uh want to hear this line, the way it's like said perfectly, you need to go watch this episode. She says. That's the one thing you need to watch this episode for is this specific line. line. She says. You want to get to know me and screw and screw and screw until you're done with me. Which is a very normal teenager thing to say, I guess. <laughs> like, like the, the thing that really got me about it was the screw and screw and screw. Like she said, one, two, three. <laughs> she was very like, rule of three, exactly. bitch, I'm getting my point across. <laughs> uh, it's such a good line, uh. That is a good teenager line if you are 47. Yeah. You're 100% right. It's not a good right. teenager line if <laughs> like it's a good teenager line if you're like 47 and don't know how to write teenagers. It, and they do get a little bit better about this as time goes on, but wow, this feels like a Shakespearean <laughs> teenager, you know? One of those kids who's like 15 and getting married. This sounds like something Juliet would say. Girl's like 12 and she's getting <laughs> it. Like, Fifteen and getting married. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're absolutely correct. And here's the thing. I mentioned Shakespeare because this all of TVD and TO is very Shakespearean. If you like break it down to the brass tacks, it's very Shakespearean. And this line of like, you're worse. You want to talk and get into my soul and screw and screw and screw until you're done with me is very... <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. It's like, it's I feel like we should good. have a quote Bible where we like, we like list all the quotes that are the best just from in general. It doesn't have to be from every episode because you know, not every episode has mm-hmm. like a quote worthy line, but if it does, we need to like keep a not list. Not every episode has a yeah, banger. But this one was, that was a banger. I, I was not expecting it and it was very good to watch. <laughs> Sometimes that's when this show is the best. Honestly, when you have zero expectations, yeah. when you're going into it and you're like, this is vampire trash. And then sometimes it'll just knock you off your fucking feet. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, okay. These characters are actually lovable sometimes. And they sometimes say weird lines, you know. Like, normal teenager things to say. Like, you just want to screw and screw and screw <laughs> with me until you're done. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh, I love you, Vampire Diaries. There is something we kind of forgot to mention is that Damon has control over fog and oh yeah, I was like, what is this? Like, like, is, like, I get it. It's not normal vampire lore, but also like, what? So according to Brian, uh, I talked to him a little bit about this. Uh, that is from that is directly from the Vampire Diaries books. Um. You know the ones that we talked about? I don't know if it was ever released, but we talked about how the main author got fired from writing them. Oh, yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. She, Now she just publishes fanfic of her own books. Yeah. So that is lifted, like, straight from 
the Vampire Diaries books. Oh my god. And eventually, and it's like happens super quick, right? That he only controls a raven sometimes for like the first like four episodes, maybe. Oh wow. And then they're like, actually, this is fucking stupid. Let's not do that anymore. <laughs> Let's not do that because oh god, it's like the weirdest it's thing. Mm-hmm. It's like that shouldn't be possible, and I know it's not possible, and y'all are making this shit up because <laughs> that's not. What real. I like to think the in-universe explanation for that is I like to think Damon just carries around a fog machine and runs around <laughs> using his vampire speed to, like, make it go all around everybody. And he just has a very well-trained bird. He has put a lot of time and effort into training this bird. This bird has a name. Its name is Poe or some shit after Edgar Allan Poe. He's a fucking angsty shithead. And this bird is just very well-trained. <laughs> Damon carries around like you know how uh like zoo trainers have like a fanny pack of like treats or whatever on them. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine Damon has one of those but just like tucked under his shirt. That's kind of like Damon's calling card. Uh-huh. And they kind of trick you out a bit. They make you think it's Stefan's because he appears in the graveyard and you just expect he did the murders up front at the very front of the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. But then once you learn it's Damon's calling card, um when you get to later that party in uh, the woods and you see Vicky walking into the fog, you're like, ah, shit. Yeah. Like, Some bad oh, shit's girl, about to go down. She about to die. But she doesn't. Yeah. Yet. Yet. Oh, yet. Oh, bitch dies. Oh, honey. Girl <laughs> dies eventually. <laughs> Oh, rip. <laughs> well, actually, yeah. Actually, yeah, that makes sense because she's not in anything yeah. after the Vampire Diaries. So, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, but just go with me, okay? All right. So, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but... Um... <laughs> so, I listen to a rock radio station on my way to and from work. It's a pretty good station, right? It usually kind of uh, leans toward the heavier side of rock, more like metal and uh, hard rock, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Recently, um, they have been playing an, a song by Papa Roach, which um, is called fucking Come Around or some shit. It's off their latest album. Mm-hmm. I usually like Papa Roach because they're kind of, they're kind of like uh, Rage Against the Machine in that they're kind of sometimes like rap rock because you know how white guys love to do that. And then uh, it's just like harder rock usually. Mm-hmm. This one specific Papa Roach song sounds like it could have been written and covered and just like released by Imagine Dragons. Oh, okay. Which is a very different sound than Papa Roach usually right? is. yeah. The thing I'm getting at is this Papa Roach song, Come Around, sounds like it could have been in The Vampire Diaries. (laughs) It could have been one of these fucking, one of the millions of songs that sound like they were written by Imagine Dragons or The Fray Mm -hmm. to kind of be every single song in The Vampire Diaries. Mm -hmm. Like, I hope you're ready for eight years. This went on for eight fucking years of songs that sound exactly like Never Say Never by The Fray. (laughs) What I'm getting at is that every single song... (laughs) 
every single song in the Vampire Diaries sounds precisely like it's off one of the Phrase albums, or like it's Papa Roach covering Imagine Dragon. <laughs> it just, it sounds like it, bad. The whole soundtrack for TVD, bad. There's like three <laughs> exceptions to that. All of it's bad. All of it sounds like the emotional whiplash I get when listening to, you know, fucking the fray over, uh, you know, over while it's like Damon murdering somebody or whatever. <laughs> that emotional whiplash is the same emotional whiplash I get while listening to my hard rock radio station and hearing Papa Roach covering Imagine Dragons. It's the same whiplash. And that is so true for the end of this episode. <laughs> it is... <sighs> the Fray is like an okay band. Mm -hmm. There's too much. They oh. play the entirety of that song. They play it like twice. <laughs> the whole fucking ending scene goes on for like five minutes. And it's just The Fray. <laughs> it's just Never Say Never. Why did they do that? <sighs> I don't know. Who's their, I don't know. Who's in charge of their music? <laughs> I need to talk to I them. don't know. But whoever's in charge of the Vampire Diaries music, or whoever was in charge, uh, rest in peace, now you're out of a job, I guess. Um, because they're not playing the fray back to back. Because you're not just playing the fray sound-alikes. Every other band in... TVD soundtrack history is indistinguishable from the fray. <laughs> you could pick nearly any song with a male vocalist that was played in TVD, and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's probably the fray. <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> There's, I say nearly any because I do know that they play one 303 song, and that is the only song in TVD that I like. They play, that's the only one. They play Sarah Bareilles next episode, I think. Yeah, they do play cerebrals. Their female vocalist songs are like, okay, but again, they all kind of sound like The Fray, or they all kind of sound exactly like Sarah Bareilles, <laughs> but they're not Sarah Bareilles, so it's not as good, you know? Yeah. It's just like, man, this sucks, huh? <laughs> Speaking of next episode, you want to go on to the Night of the Comet? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's um, the first named episode of the Vampire Diaries is called The Night of the Comet. The Vampire Diaries and their naming conventions, um, it's a lot like T.O., the originals, in the way that it's just kind of named uh, for, like, an event that happens in the episode. It's not like Legacies where it's, like, a line that is said. Um, mm -hmm. It's usually, like, an event. Which one do you prefer? I honestly prefer uh, lines that are said. I think that's a much mm -hmm. more clever way of naming things. Yeah, uh, because to me, it feels like you're taking yourself less seriously, mm -hmm. especially with the names that Legacies picks out. Like, since when do you speak Japanese is a great episode <laughs> title. Yeah. I was in 100% in. Um, but I also feel like it's more, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reflexive or it's more like self self-reflective, right? Where, you mm -hmm. know, you're writing a TV show and you have a little more fun with that form than say this where it's just like this this episode's called the night of the comet <laughs> it sounds so like i don't know it sounds like they're trying to be pretentious in a way mm -hmm. and it's not working it's very serious yeah so for the night of the comet the netflix description there is 
Elena goes to the Salvatore house to talk to Stefan, but finds Damon there instead. Damon reveals surprising information about Stefan's past, which literally happens for three minutes of the episode, <laughs> and everything else is not that. This is it's not like, a very good episode description. This is a very good scene description. This would be great on, like, an outline. If you were, like, <laughs> outlining the episode, this is definitely what happens in about the middle part. But this scene lasts for, like, three fucking minutes. Yeah. It really does. They really aren't trying to reveal what happens in this episode. <laughs> They're really not trying to hide. They're like, hey, uh, Elena goes to the Salvatore house. Uh, she's trying to find Stefan, but uh, Damon's there instead. Damon reveals surprising information about Stefan's past. This sounds like a very vague writer's room pitch. This is something yeah. that some writer obviously pitched. They're like, all right, well, uh, Elena goes to the Salvatore house to talk to Stefan, and then uh, guess who she finds there? Damon. Ooh. Like, that's definitely, like, a pitch that was up on the writer's board at one point. <laughs> it just makes me laugh that that's the whole-ass episode description on Netflix. <laughs> oh, Netflix. Netflix, you and your descriptions uh, never... Never cease to amaze. <laughs> um, there is something I do want to mention. Uh, the first five minutes of this episode, again, include Damon committing two murders. He really mm -hmm. likes to go in twos. But it also has one of what I think is low-key a very morbidly funny thing, in which, um, as the girl's trying to run away from and, like, get into the car... Uh, she's trying to run away from him because she just saw her boyfriend's dead. Uh, mm -hmm. Damon uh, chirps the car alarm. <laughs> and I think that's very good. I don't know why. I just really love that. And it plays into his whole, like, drama queen, like, sarcastic yeah, thing. But I just love the moment of you're in. You're trying. Just imagine, like, you're trying to run away. You just saw your boyfriend dead, blood dripping all over the place. It's fucking gross. You're trying to get to the car. The car's locked. And then miraculously, it unlocks. And you get in to drive away. And then you realize you don't have the keys. And then the car alarm just chirps twice. And you're like, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I love that. Uh, that's so good. Say what you want about the vampire diaries, but I feel like. And I will. Even though. <laughs> I feel like like their death scenes are like pretty good. Like it's like it's like um very like horror movie-esque, which I enjoy. It really is. It's very And they get a little bit more so later. These first ones are pretty serious, but eventually the death scenes um in like the first 5 minutes, they get a little campy because they mm -hmm. kind of realize they're a campy show. And uh even like these first two are kind of just like B-rate horror movie tropes. Yeah. And it's very good. I love yeah. it. Yeah, the I also The first five minutes are it. genuinely, usually, like, they're always, like, my favorite part of the episode. Because it always, you're as soon as that, like, title screen, like, comes in, it fades in, you're like, oh, shit, I want to watch more of this. And yeah. then the rest of the episode happens, and you're like, eh, okay, sure. But, like, the <laughs> first five minutes are always, like, you're like, ah, damn, I'm hooked. I'm here. Yeah, very tight, very clean. It is. It's very clean. I like your uh your uh, notes here in that uh the way I know these two people are gonna die and then immediately under it you're like I was right plus two deaths and I just love the way you're keeping track of it like we're giving him points and not uh 20 years in state prison for this <laughs> listen my thoughts are like tweets okay they just cut <laughs> this is how I tweet they just happen 
They really do. <laughs> I also love that you mentioned again, um, you mentioned again how much you hate the dialogue with the diaries. And I get it. Like, yeah. yeah. This is like where they really bad. start to kind of lean into the, like, oh, they say a lot of lines separately, and then they say one together. Yeah. And it's very dramatic. Ooh, I Ooh. don't like it, but sure, keep doing it. <laughs> keep on it, you know, just like you do you. <laughs> um. Also, quick question for Elena Gilbert. Who the fuck wears a bra to bed? <laughs> Elena Gilbert. Elena. I know you're depressed, but when I'm depressed, I take off my bra. I've worn, I've worn, I'm not going to lie and say I haven't worn a bra to bed before, but like I have to be like super exhausted for that to happen. You know what I mean? I can't do it, my man. I can't. Really? I, I feel like, or my mom used to say that you should wear your bra to bed because we have, we have big breasts. So mm-hmm. she's like, wear, you should be wearing a bra to bed, kind of like a comfortable kind of bra to like make sure your breasts don't sag. And then yeah. after a while, I was like, no, I don't think so. I don't think it's that's good for your health. Shit. I don't think that's good for your health. Like, it's uh. also real not good for your back. But everybody in the Vampire Diaries universe does it. Everybody does. Oh, also, like, okay, I'm going to just skip to the part where, like, Vicky's in the hospital. And she, and my, my, one of my roommates was like, why is she wearing makeup? Like, <laughs> did she, like, did she just want to talk to and she's wearing like makeup and you're like what the fuck and I was like yeah it's kind of like how tv characters go to sleep and makeup and you're like that's not good for you please don't do that please like use a makeup wipe every once in a while <laughs> please clean your face <laughs> <laughs> these characters are gonna have like scoliosis so fucking bad they get thrown around they sleep in bras like no self-care i know there are hot vampires around but self-fucking-care god i literally had in my notes like who wears a bra to bed what the fuck elena gilbert in all caps and then the next bullet point down is Elena's depression is actually pretty well represented in these first few episodes, which I feel is how, that's like how I feel about Elena's character, where yeah. one moment I'm like, what the fuck, Elena Gilbert? And the next I'm like, okay, yeah, like, I get it. But also, what the fuck? <laughs> Let's see. What the fuck, Elena? What the fuck, Elena? I get it, Elena. <laughs> okay. okay, okay, I have mm-hmm. a note that yeah. I need to talk about. Yeah, when. So- when you know you know how the episode description for the from Netflix is Elena mm-hmm. goes to the Salvatore house. When she goes to that house, my mm-hmm. my other roommate noticed how the camera is just fucking shaky as fuck. It's shaky as shit. And I was like, I was like, maybe it's for a dramatic effect, but also why? Like, I hate it. Like, stop. <laughs> it's so shaky for like no reason. It's shaky for those. It's not even, like, a full, that whole scene. It's literally just, like, when she goes to the yeah, door and when she's, yeah. like, in the house alone, yeah. it's and so then, shaky. And then when Damon enters, it's like, oh, and then they enter into another room. All of a sudden, they're on the tripod. And you know, uh-huh. <laughs> my roommate was like, could they not afford a tripod for the first half of that scene? I don't know what cameraman they had there, but, like, was he good? <laughs> like, was he, is he okay? Usually cameramen are pretty good at keeping it more steady. And, I mean, if you're going for that shaky horror effect like i get it but damn that's the only part of that episode they do in like that shaky effect they don't do it when like in the pilot like when uh 
Vicky's getting yeah. uh, about to be murdered or anything. They don't do it when Damon's murdering people for funsies. Yeah. It's just that. Yeah. And it's like, why did you make that choice? Like, my other question is, like, did something go wrong in production where they were, like, they did record it, like, on, like, a tripod, but they mm-hmm. somehow maybe lost the footage or, like, <laughs> or, like, something went wrong. Like, they like they didn't get the exact take that they wanted, so they decided to go with the shaky camera footage instead. There's so many things like that that could have happened that, at like, for the Vampire Diaries, it's just, like... Wow, y'all were just like learning how to make a TV show, huh? <laughs> y'all were just learning. And like, I get it, because like, shit's hard, you know? Like, I went to school for that, and I still feel like I couldn't make half as good a show as this team did. But, wow, huh? <laughs> wow. I do also want to say a shout out to the love of my life, Jenna Summers. <laughs> uh, she's doing her best. She really is doing her best. Yeah. But, God, I just love her so much. She's just so good. Just one of my few, like, characters that I just, like, I just think they're genuinely enjoyable to, like, be around and stuff. Yeah. I just feel like she's genuinely, like, good. Yeah, I like her. She's great. She's trying to, like, get her graduate degree, like, a master's or something. And also taking care of her, her, what is it, like, cousins? Or Uh, niece and nephew? Her niece and nephew. Yeah. Just taking care of her niece and nephew, you know? Just, like, being a good person overall. And Mr. Tanner's a fucking dick to her, because she's doing her best. Exactly. He's such a dick teacher. (sighs) I know. And they set him up so clearly for what happens to him, that you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like, I get it. Uh Uh-huh. In other news for this episode, Jeremy's hair is better. Yeah. Uh, Tyler's got worse. (laughs) balance is restored in the universe (laughs) perfectly balanced as all things should be (laughs) Um, Uh, there's also something I want to mention Yeah, I don't know if this stuck out to you when you watched this episode but um, (laughs) there is this point when uh, Matt and Elena are talking and uh, Stefan is sitting on, like, a table in the school courtyard. He's just, like, chilling. He's listening to them, technically. Right, right. Um, but he's just, like, chilling. Yeah. Right? And they do this shot-reverse shot with them where they are on Elena and Matt talking. And then uh, they reverse shot to Stefan listening. Right. Right? And you see, like, the back of uh, Stefan's head and everything. And then you go back to Matt and Elena for a while. Mm-hmm. You stay on this second shot of Matt and Elena for like a good 10, 15 seconds. And then when Elena looks back to like go talk to Stefan after Matt leaves, they play like the dramatic like sound cue where they're like, oh shit, where did Stefan go? <laughs> but they were on that shot of Matt and Elena for so long, he just got up and walked away. <laughs> I know they're trying to set up that he used like his vamp speed and everything. Boy just like got up and walked. They were on that shot for a good 10 seconds. He just left. He didn't have anything he needed to pack up or anything. He just left. <laughs> that's so funny i love your like little oh this is like even though they're vampires like no they're actually normal people and they're doing all these things just to make things more intense and dramatic like they are like damon carrying a fog machine yeah (laughs) i 
really like humanizing all these characters. Yes. Can you tell? Yes. <laughs> they also like <laughs> that thing with Stefan bothers me so much because there's people all around him. Like the courtyard is full of people. He is not gonna vamp speed the fuck out of there. He's just gonna walk away like a normal ass person. He ain't trying to get busted for being a vampire here. He's just trying to walk away. He didn't even. Okay, they could have made this shot work really well if they had, like, say, uh, Stefan had, like, a notebook and book out and stuff and he was, like, studying or something, okay? Yeah. And then they went back to Matt and Elena and then, like, she looked back and he was gone completely even when he was, like, spread out with all that shit over the table. Yeah. That would have been fine because you're like, oh, man, that was freaky fast to pack all that shit up and leave. Hell yeah, Stefan. But he's not. He's just sitting on the table with his book bag closed, just listening to them. And they're like, oh, shit, where did he go? Did he get fucking, did he fucking vamp speed out of there? Like, oh, shit. It's like, no, he just walked. I think something that uh, that's funny to think of is what if instead of just walking away, he did vamp speed out of there, right? <laughs> but, like, he because he didn't want to get caught as a vampire, as he was vamp speeding away, he also, like, compelled people on the way. So <laughs> it kind of slowed him down a little bit. <laughs> Somebody, like, sees him vamp speeding. He's like, ah, shit, you didn't see that. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's also a possibility that's really funny. <laughs> this fucking show <laughs> this fucking show there was something I wanted to point out here with um, the comet a lot of the uh, like dialogue surrounding the comet I feel is like really well done mm-hmm. especially um, when Stefan is kind of preaching the cyclical nature of the comet Right, where like it's set on a path and things are gonna happen and it's gonna come by and it's just it's always gonna happen inevitably, mm-hmm. right? And I think the exact line he's like, it's like it's like trapped in a cycle and every few years it can come home. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a really good line for Stefan because it does kind of point out that he and Damon are kind of trapped in this cycle that neither of them are willing to break mm-hmm. and it shows, right? I think this line even if you just, like, think a little bit more into it and, like, realize, like, this is a really, really great setup for the cyclical nature of the TVD. Mm-hmm. It's really, like, a good setup for especially the first few seasons. The feeling of, like, inevitability mm-hmm. with, like, when things go wrong and when things happen, it's just a really good line that I think you can use to kind of sum up all of tbd right is like that comet and stefan and damon are trapped in like a cycle Mm -hmm. that they are trying so desperately to break out of but also they don't want to break because that cycle is comforting and you kind of get that throughout season one and like especially the first i think four seasons to me feel the most like inevitable Mm -hmm. anything before like the silas storyline kind of uh just feels so It's really, really good TV when everything feels so inevitable, like it was always going to happen no matter what these characters did and they were stuck in this cycle repeating. Mm -hmm. I think that's like one of my favorite ways of like storytelling on TV is when it feels so the world is conspiring to keep these characters in this same cycle that they've always been in. I just love that line a lot. And just like the way 
And especially like having Stefan be the one to say that he's one of those characters that it's just stuck in that cycle that he's trying so hard to break out of. And it just like, doesn't, he's trying his best man. And I just really love the comment as kind of an early connotation or an early like harbinger of that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I do like at some point, uh, Damon did just say dot, 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 <laughs> which is a great saying. Um, also a great line in this episode is Aunt Jenna going, eat anyway, it's a ruse. Like, I love that. <laughs> oh, that was such a good line. I love that, that too. such a good line. That was so good. <laughs> so great. Um, what other notes did you have here? I had, why is Damon little or worse? Yeah. Uh, what was the point of bringing Vicky up on the roof? <laughs> Because he's, again, dramatic yeah. with a TM sign at the end. Uh, also, you'll keep repeating that. Why is Damon the literal worst for, like, the entirety <laughs> of TVD? I'm sorry, girl. It doesn't get better. If you don't like Damon now, even a little bit, you're probably not going to grow to like him because he's just kind of uh, shitty. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just didn't. I also didn't understand, like, the, like, uh, the plot point of him bringing her up to the roof. Because he's, like, it seems like, oh, he wants to, like, kind of convince Stefan to, like, become, like, be a vampire again where he, like, mm-hmm. drinks human blood. Mm-hmm. But, like, as soon as he Stefan says, oh, I'm not going to do that, then he just, like, oh, okay, sure, why not? And then he, like, lets Vicky go back to her normal life. And I'm, like, wow, you gave up on that one easy, huh? <laughs> he did. He really did give up on that quick. I think that was also Damon kind of, like, accepting. He's, like, I, shit, guess I gotta play the long con now. Guess <laughs> I gotta stay in Mystic Falls for longer. Oh, boy. But then also, like, Vicky, like, getting out of the hospital and going to, what was that? Like, a gr- that was a Mystic Girl, right? She works at the Mystic Girl, yeah. No, going to the Mystic Girl right after getting out of the hospital yeah. with, like, this huge patch on her, like, back <laughs> where her stitches are. And then, yeah. and then when she gets up on the roof and she goes back to, um, Damon, like, compels her back to normal, she's like, oh, my stitches came and she was like, ah, oh, shit, man, I'm really, like, buzzed out on Oxy, so, like, sure, I guess. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, Vicky, Vicky, she Vicky. She goes back to work in food service and that's with not that the shitty band-aid. If that's not the most American thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> She's like, shit, man, I gotta fucking make money. I gotta pay for this shit, dude. <laughs> I'm going in there even if I have stitches in my body. And just as and just survive an quote unquote animal attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's uh bad. Um, I also talked about how the, the dialogue uh-huh. of Elena talking to Stefan was so fucking cheesy. Mm-hmm. Not in the cheesy good way, in the cheesy mm-hmm. bad way. And I was mm-hmm. like, I hate this. Why is this happening? Like, the only thing that was getting me through was Sarah Barella's playing Gravity in the background, because if that was not playing, I would have been so annoyed. The fucking... The note you have here, by the way, I do just want to highlight this exact note word for word, is the dialogue is so fucking cheesy, how am I going to survive this for eight seasons? Which, like, here's the answer. You don't. You embrace the cheese. You live in the cheese. I mean, I'm lactose intolerant. That's why this show sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But eventually, like, 
I don't know, they go through, like, phases of taking themselves really seriously as a show. Yeah. And I think they tried to take themselves really seriously uh, in these few episodes. And I think eventually they kind of learn that, like, they're not a show to, like, take themselves super seriously. Thank God, because if they were taking themselves really seriously, I would have problems. But they go through phases. So you'll see there's, like, a few episodes where they, like, don't take themselves seriously. And they're really fun, really good episodes. Um, and then they'll go back to this dramatic shit. That all said, there was a, one other line that I wanted to kind of highlight in this episode. And um, it's when, at the Mystic Grill later, um, Bonnie and Caroline are talking, and uh, Stefan comes up to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bonnie gives out oh Elena's God. phone number and email address because what? it's 2009. What are you doing? girl what are you also also when when elena and stefan talk later on she tells him exactly where her diary is and i'm like why are you giving out this information to a stranger you both don't know (laughs) i know they're like oh man he's cool he's a high school kid i wouldn't trust i barely trust a high school kid to like make my make me a sandwich at subway like i don't i didn't trust myself in high school exactly like y'all are just like trusting him with like your phone number your friend's email address which is weird (laughs) and like the location of your diary what is i guess hey guys if you want to find where i keep uh my journal it's in my nightstand in the drawer at the bottom under uh it's like under a few beanies that i have if y'all were interested in that but like you aren't like what the fuck what, 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 what's the point i know 2009 is a weird time and, and <laughs> just like giving out even no but the thing is though right i remember mm-hmm. explicitly being told not to give out my email in 2009 mm-hmm. So why is this person who's older than me doing that exact thing? You gave him her number. That should be good enough. Exactly. He can reach her. Like, my dude, it's not like we're living in an era where people have, like, only phones that hook up to your, like, landline. (laughs) We don't just have PDAs. We have somewhat smartphones by then. Exactly. Like, what are you doing? There's just so much here. There's just so much. And now I think comes the time of the episode where we kind of have to distill all of this down. Mm -hmm. So, on a scale of 1 to 10, Jordan, Mm -hmm. 1 being the worst, Mm -hmm. 5 being okay, 10 being a great episode. Mm -hmm. Where do you rank these first two episodes? Let's see. Episode one, I really liked. I enjoyed it. I think it was, like, a really good pilot, and it got me interested Mm -hmm. into, like, the story overall that's being told, despite its Dear Diary (laughs) parts. Mm -hmm. So, um, I would probably give it, like, probably, like, an eight. Okay, yeah, you're really positive on this, huh? Yeah, I really liked the first episode, I will say. Especially, like, compared to other pilots I've watched, I think it does it really well, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm Mm -hmm. giving it on a higher time. I mean, higher, higher number. Mm-hmm. Um, for episode two, honestly, I was not very interested in the episode. Like, I feel like a lot of nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Um, You'll feel that. I will tell you a lot. And I hate episodes like that. Like, I hate filler episodes. Just make something, like, like make me want to watch this episode for a reason. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's not an episode I would go back and rewatch. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably like, maybe like, I don't know if I want to give it a five or I'll give it a five point five. Ooh, a five point five. You're already getting fancy. Yeah, with it's it. like not. It's it's not. It's not. It's a little bit better than okay, but not a fully point better than okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like okay sometimes. Yeah. Also, I feel like episode one also gets a higher score because of that amazing line. You're the worst. You're you're worse. You want to talk? You want to screw, exactly. screw and screw and talk with me? Ew. Like that line makes it an eight, a hundred percent. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's see. What am I gonna give this pilot episode? Because I do think it's really good for a pilot. And like we said, I mean, pilots are so hard to do well. I think I might give it an eight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and these rankings, by the way, um, we're gonna kind of like reset our rankings every season. Um. So like at the when we do our end of the season wrap up episode, we'll kind of just like talk through our rankings and like what we gave these episodes, and then we're kind of gonna like reset for the next season mm-hmm. because these seasons of TVD are vastly different. <laughs> some of them are very good, some of them are very bad. Um, and do just know that that's a thing because boy howdy, <laughs> is it a thing? And then let's see, you said it was a five point five for that second episode. Mm-hmm. I'm honestly gonna give that second episode a four mm. because I mean it was alright. It wasn't even good though. Mm. And I don't I mean like I see I do like some of the things it introduces. I like the concepts, I like um especially like characters like Aunt Jenna, right? She's so lovely in this episode, so mm-hmm. great. Um but Damn, some of this episode was just really not great, huh? Yeah, there was just a lot of stuff where I'm just like, we didn't have to do that. You guys didn't have to show me that. Like, this yeah. is pointless. Like, like the whole scene of, like, the even the episode description, Elena goes to the Salvatore house and finds Damon. That mm-hmm. entire scene took way longer than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know why it took longer than it needed to? Why? Because they had to make sure that you really understood that that camera was shaky. <laughs> that was a very shaky camera. Oh, that's funny. They're like, hey, this camera's shaking. Do you realize this camera's shaking? <laughs> hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. The camera's shaking. <laughs> and on that note... Hey, that's the first episode of Afterbite. We did it, y'all. You made it through our pilot episode as well as the Vampire Diaries pilot episode. Congratulations. You did it. Yay. We're done. Remember to follow us on Twitter at AfterbitePod. I will sometimes release little, like, goofs that didn't make it into the full episode. Uh, You'll also get all the latest news about Afterbite, such as when we come out, which is on Fridays. Uh, This is the first of many Fridays in which uh, you can listen to us talk about this show. And I know I sound sad about that, but I really do like this show sometimes. Just right now, man. Hey, that camera was really shaky. It really was. It was so so obvious. It was so shaky. (laughs) Anyway, until next week, I don't have like a good outro planned like I do the intro. So like, Bye, I guess. Bye. Mm, Bye. (laughs) That's it. That's how we end it. (laughs) That's how we end it.